Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm the world's most well-known Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor, a self-proclaimed resiliency expert, and creator of the Journeys to Success book series. Find out more about the radio show at journeytosuccessradio.com. My guest today is uh, cool. It's actually, he's actually a friend of mine. As uh, listeners know, I interview people from all over the world, and a lot of them I've never met. But my guest today I meet regularly because he's a member of my Rotary Club and also lives in the same area as I, Jeff O'Leary. He's named or called or known as a village guru. And if you live in this area, you know the village. An award-winning real estate broker, industry speaker, based in Mississauga, Ontario, the greatest city in Canada, which is also the greatest country in the world, my humble opinion. He's built a lifestyle-based real estate business, which is really hard to do, focused on blogging and community involvement. He's a member of the Rotary Club of Meadowvale, the finest Rotary Club around, and chair of the Lake uh, oh, I'm going to have to ask him to Lake pronounce Wabakane. this after. Wabakane Stewardship Committee in Meadowvale. And so, welcome to the show today, Jeff. Thanks, Tom. I'm glad to be here. And so, let's start off by, uh, because, like, I have listeners from around the world, so someone from in Tuktayukta country may not know, uh, what is the village? So tell people the village guru, amazing branding. And if you look it up, like you're all over the place. Like I wish I had your speaking schedule. So the village guru, and as you said, and as we mentioned, we're in Mississauga, which uh, you and I know is the greatest city in the greatest country. So this is a great place to be a real estate agent. So talk about the village, because this is the area where you are the guy. And this is how you've been able to build a lifestyle-based real estate business versus when I was investing in real estate, my agent was a 24-7, whenever you wanted him, call him type of uh, business, which is a lot harder to run. So talk about the village and how you decided this is the area for me, how you built that name up in, the, in that area. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess to start off with um – you're absolutely right. So I took uh, a different approach uh, in the beginning when I started real estate. Uh, I decided I didn't quite want to do business the way, uh, you know, everybody else in the world did it. So like you just explained, Tom, your experience with real estate investing with realtors, um, you pretty much nailed it on the head. That's, that would describe probably about 99% of all real estate professionals out there. And there's nothing wrong with that. But um Early on, I, I realized that I wanted to build a business that would fulfill me and uh, it would be fun to do. And uh, the traditional salesperson model, it, it just didn't jive with who I was. So one of the big things was I always liked to write. And uh, in, in university, 
I, I would do a lot of the arts courses and I was really interested in geography, society, uh, things like that. So it, it really naturally came to me as an idea. Well, how am I going to be known out there? How, how are people going to find me? So what I did was to start to uh, talk about my community and also do videos talking about my community and try and connect with uh, people that way, as opposed to just a hard uh, doing the sales thing. And uh, it took a while to build up, but over the years, so I've been doing it now for, oh, I don't know, probably about seven years now. Um, it's really created a, a really cool business for me where it doesn't even feel like I'm selling. I'm, I'm, I'm helping people and they're, they're attracted to me based on who I am, which is another cool thing about taking a lifestyle approach. So it's not so much trying to find a client as putting the story out there and it will attract people who have the same worldview as I do. I don't know if that, that's kind of just a quick summary, but that's how yeah. I got started. I love it, and that's uh, and that's the way that really uh, I don't know how old you are. I, I know you're younger than me. I'm 53, but millennials and and people now, this is a business. They want to have their own business where they're their own boss, but they also want to have the lifestyle where, um, and, you know, as we had said well, previously with my real estate agent, is pretty well known. You just call them anytime, 24/7, and uh, that's not really a family based. Or lifestyle, and then you talked about exactly what I coach people on. You live in a community, and in that community, there's fundraisers, there's great people doing great things, there's ways to contribute, and if you're just there to say, hey, can I lend a hand, can I promote this, can I take a picture, can I put a video of it, can I let the world know about it, uh, pretty soon they'd be like, hey, is that Jeff Guy going to be showing up because we need a video of this? And amazing, as if, as if with Jeff, too bad we didn't have a formula. It's called the going the extra mile formula. And we know that the more you serve, the more you get back. And if only you could put it in a formula, but I'm glad it doesn't work that way because you really don't serve to get back. But in the end, that's how it works. And that's how you build it up. And as you said, it took a while, didn't it? It, it doesn't come immediately. But you were, uh, your purpose and and your focus was on building the lifestyle as well as the income and the business, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I can tell you how it all started. So take away the, the village guru, put that aside for the blogging, the videos. Originally, what I did is there was a little community group in my area called Lake Wabakane and uh, – how it started was people were pouring oil into the sewer. So we have this man-made lake in Mississauga, which has about 100 species of birds. It's just a little lake, but beautiful. You can walk around it, and it, you don't feel like you're in the city. And I remember my first child was just born, and we'd walk down to the lake, and there's ducks, and you would see sheens of oil on the lake. And it looked pretty gross, and there was garbage and, you know, just people littering and things like that so uh, I got a flyer in my mail and it said we're going to start this group a stewardship group and uh, I thought okay why don't I show up it was at the local church showed up and uh, <clears throat> from there we formed a group uh, we worked together with the Rotary Club which I wasn't a part of at the time in order to get a grant from the Ontario government and combined with the city of Mississauga and the Ontario Trillium Foundation we put about $150,000 worth of work into that lake and uh, just cleaned it right up. Um, and it, it was a lot of fun and it was really fulfilling. And then on top of it, 
yes, we don't do things to get business per se, because I believe the more you give out, it'll come to you. It just might not come directly to you, but it always, you know, I guess the universe has a way of uh, leveling the bank account. But uh, yeah, things started to come to me and opportunities and, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, uh, we can talk about Think and Grow Rich later if you read Napoleon Hill. But when Napoleon yes, Hill know. talks about the, the, the second most important, there's 17 principles, the second most important he writes about is the mastermind principle, which uh, is, we know it's part of Rotary Clubs or masterminds in and of themselves. And so uh, Napoleon Hill talks a lot about, uh, writes a lot about, every time he writes about mastermind, he talks about the mastermind between husband and wife. And he specifically talks about uh, Henry Ford and Thomas Edison. And when you're self-employed and a real estate agent and your income is like high one month and then low another, and then you have various hours and things you got to do when you're starting, it must help to have that at home because I know you got a a bunch of kids uh, at home, young ones, and so it must help to have uh, a wife who supports the mastermind and the purpose and what you're trying to build because as you mentioned it took a few years to build it to what it is now yeah um well what i can say about my wife is i mean i think she's the boss i give all the credit to her uh but but honestly um having that safe zone where you can bounce things i mean she keeps me leveled right i nothing is you got to pay the price for anything you do. So nothing just comes, nothing's ever handed to you on a silver platter. Um, and, but I believe at least in my life and my wife will be quick to remind me with the ups and downs is that, uh, um, my success comes mostly from my mental state. So, um, a lot of it really is what I'm thinking in my head. So, you know, if you start to get down on yourself, if you start to, you know, let the negative negativity get to you, um, you know, you start hanging around the water cooler. I can prove to you. I, I mean, I can look back in my career and see where there was dips. And a lot of it had to do with what was going on between my two years. So having my wife, that's hundred percent committed behind me. Um, she's like my personal coach, I guess. So, you know, she's there to, you know, Pull your socks up. You know what's going to happen. Uh, instead, focus on what you can do and get at it. Right. I love it. Now you're talking my language because when I yep. speak, I, remi- I remind people, we have sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day. And the only thing really that God gave us 100% control over are those thoughts. And if we just let the negative news networks of the world fill it up, uh, there's going to be a lot of garbage and even ourselves. Uh, hey, I'm an entrepreneur too, so I can go through periods where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. But if you purposely manage your thoughts so that you have affirmations, you have positive things you think of, you have a purpose in mind, I'm big on purpose, like you really have to have a purpose in life, then those 60 to 70,000 thoughts become yours. You get to control them, manage them, manage the positivity around them, and every one of us can go off into the negative a little bit. Hey, if you're married more than like six days, you know that there's going to be periods where you're upset a little bit. But you can always, if you're focused on your 60 to 70,000 thoughts, you can always stop it recognize it and say like in my case like oh my god all the blessings i have like i don't have to do groceries anymore 
so much easier to put socks on and there's so many benefits. My wife brings me that uh, it, within two seconds, I'm like, oh, I'm cool. Stop thinking about that. And you're so blessed to have, you know, all the the blessings you have with uh, such a great wife. And so it is a, manage, a, a matter of controlling those sixty to 70,000 thoughts, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, Tom, it might even be a little simpler than that. I mean, ultimately, I you know, I really believe when you start thinking the wrong things and you just you go down that road, you know, you don't feel good inside. Like if you just kind of stop and you know, if you feel stressed, if you you got that pit in your stomach, you're probably not focusing on what you should be. And uh, it's not like things have to change right away, but just the fact that you stop and you notice. Um. It, it can do wonders for you. Uh, like for me, I mean, I'm not perfect, but one of the things that uh, I've been doing for a long time is even just taking 10, 15 minutes to clear my mind. Me- you know, I won't even say meditate because I don't have any, you know, I've never been trained on it, but just just kind of sit there and be quiet for a while. And what I find is you can feel yourself breathing. Oh, I'm breathing in my chest as opposed to my stomach. And as soon as you slow things down, your body starts to feel better and you actually you know, your mind will follow that. Right, right. And I've been doing that myself. And it's a little bit difficult for an A-type person like myself to, uh, in the middle of the day, to actually lay down for 20 minutes and focus my breathing and my thinking and and steady my thoughts. It's like, I should be, like, making a bunch of something or other, calls or emails, but the better. The more I do that, the more... Uh, balanced I feel and uh, the better I feel about it and the more I do manage to control the thoughts what I'm focusing on because as you know I'm well known for always answering amazing when asked how I'm doing and you and I are from Canada and you and I live in Mississauga so come on like four out of ten people in the world live on less than two dollars a day and we're no nicer than them and we live in the best city and the best country in the world and so um, even my wife mentioned it this weekend, so she, she's catching on to some of the things I say. She's like, I can't imagine complaining about this thing she was thinking about to someone who lives in a third world country. Some of the things we talk about as negativity in Mississauga, if you were talking to someone who didn't eat in the last 24 hours, they would think, wow, you are <laughs> crazy. And so you're right, it's a matter of controlling our thoughts and our focus because just waking up in Mississauga every day is a global blessing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard, though. I mean, everybody has their own point of view and, uh, you know, the grass is always greener and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can only understand what what your life is, right? And, I mean, there's been studies that have proven it. Just because people live in Canada doesn't mean we're the happiest people in the world. Um, You can go to third world countries where, you know, maybe they don't have a lot, but they can be just as happy. And I think it's what's in their mind and how they see it. Where one, one of the challenges I believe today, and this is just my personal opinion, is the fact that um, when choice is taken away, it can sometimes be easier for people because then it's impossible. But when we live in a society where choice is never ending, a lot of people have a hard time with that because there's no more excuse, right? There's no, 
there's no big bad man saying you can't do that, you know, or, you know, we didn't live 50 years ago where there might have been racial segregation or, or things stopping people from doing things. Like, I believe that in itself can be a challenge because now there's no more excuses, Tom. I mean, we can, we can literally do what we want. Again, not necessarily easy, but the barriers have been removed, yet to a lot of us, we still have those barriers in our minds. Right, that is it. We can do anything, but we have the barriers often in our mind. And I think of, I'm thinking of a couple of young guys that I know that, and other people that I've known, where they grew up in an environment where they were, their mind was not fed with the possibilities that life is limitless and that you can do what you want. And and so I know that often that those uh, limitations are put into people's minds, stay in people's minds, and and really in this day and age in, in Canada, you can build your own business, especially if you're in the real estate business. And I don't know, uh, don't you help a lot of other real estate uh, agents as well to do what you're doing, which is almost like helping your competitor, but I think you do that, don't you? Yeah, so uh, for the last two years, I've, I've been a featured speaker for the Ontario Real Estate Association. So I've traveled around the province uh, speaking, yes, doing doing presentations, helping people, uh, you know, talking about what I do here with the, the villages, the blogging, the online marketing. So yes, in a way, I, I have helped my competitors. I made a joke about it because... Um, uh, they videotape my speech. I did one in Mississauga, and I, I I said that right away. So you know, we all we all work against each other. But at the end of the day, I what I do, I I don't think it can be copied. Um, and if someone tried to, I don't think it'd be authentic. Uh, I I think our value in the world is not doing the commoditized things. So the simple act of you know, in my job, maybe you want to buy a house, so. You call me up and I'll go and set an appointment. We'll go look at the house and write the paperwork up. And that that's fine. That's part of my job. But that's the most commoditizable part of my job. And uh, if I focus on that then and tell people how I do that, then I, sure, I guess everybody could do it. Uh, but when I talk about my community and, and what I do, again, someone else could do a completely different thing, but maybe learn something off me. It, it takes nothing away from me. And you know, you're again, you're giving it out there. So uh, I never really felt threatened that I was helping my competitors that way. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the more you help others, the more it comes back to help you in the end. Now, I was wondering about this the other day, Jeff, actually just a few days ago. I wasn't even thinking of you, but every day in my mailbox, I live in a condo, Mississauga, a nice one. Uh, so in my mailbox, I get a one or two real estate agent thingamajiggies. Uh, ads, postcards in our elevator. We have mm-hmm. ads for real estate agents. Uh, I see them on bus things, uh, and I'm thinking. I was thinking to myself, what is the process people use in 2017 in Mississauga uh, when they want to buy or sell a house? I thought of my wife and I, and we know uh, uh, agents, so we use one twice uh, when we sold our condo and bought a new one. We know lots of them. If we had to do it again, boy, that would be—we'd have to arm wrestle or something to figure out who we'd use. But yeah. how do how do people in this day and age? Um, I would imagine a good percentage of people probably know a real estate investor, uh, a real estate agent personally. 
somewhere mm-hmm. through there. Um, or do they just like Google Mississauga real estate agent and hope for the best? Or oh, what is the process people use? Because I'm old now. I just, and I know a lot of people, so I just know somebody, but not everybody knows somebody. Okay. Um, well, number one, I, I would say there's a number of different avenues people would, would find a real estate agent if you want to talk about my industry. Um, probably the most, uh, the highest on that list would be personal referral. So either they knew somebody or someone they knew and trusted referred them to uh, that realtor. So that's where a majority, probably a majority of the business comes from. Uh, having said that, though, um, it's it's really difficult because there's a lot of things at play in in a, in a high in a service industry with a high price tag. So there's also authority. Um, there's uh, there's just being seen. So again, there's there's it's just not one way to do it. Um, what I find with my business, so I I, I get people referred to me from happy clients, uh, people I know. Uh, but I would say at least half of my business comes from people searching. So they have problems or they're looking for something special. And that's where if you put it out there, then they're going to find you that way. So th- that's a big part of my business. Right. And that's where the community involvement is so mm-hmm. uh, important for you. Uh, and uh, Rotary Club keeps you busy. Lake Wackla Bain, I know you're in a bunch of things. And you have kids, so I imagine you're probably either on the sidelines or driving uh, young ones around and involved in, in that community as well. Yep. And if you could live a real life and be involved in your kid's life, guess what? People who buy real estate are also have kids who are at soccer games. And so uh, when you build it that way, your life itself, your lifestyle itself becomes a, a business card or a business attraction tool and for me I don't know about for you but for me it felt weird for a while because sometimes like in the middle of the day uh, I may be able to uh, go do a chore or go do something and I was like man this is like nine to five like wow I should be doing something more nine to five-ish now and uh, but um, you know still going to these community events with kids is part of a lifestyle based business isn't it yeah yeah uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I probably uh, work more than um, I did when I had a, I guess, quote unquote, nine to five job. However, um, it doesn't always feel like work. And right. um, what I found, too, is I, I have lots of work to do. Don't get me wrong. But uh, um, I, I, what I've learned is it, the amount of work you do doesn't necessarily um correlate with the amount of results you get and that's weird and I know I can't give you a spreadsheet but it's like there's 20% of the work that probably causes all your results and uh, a lot of the rest of the work might be uh, you think you have to do it or you feel obliged to do it and uh, it's make busy work so um, you know I guess life is always a big challenge I mean that's the game we're in right (laughs) and uh, it's just trying to figure it out right but before anyone can think about this, like it is a lot of hours. Like uh, entrepreneurs, real estate agents put in a lot of hours. But when it's lifestyle based, you can often like you could work on a, a Saturday afternoon, or uh, I get a few hours working on the weekends before my wife wakes up, and that's work actually doing stuff productive. Uh, and so a lifestyle business allows you, in a lot of cases, to 
choose the hours you're going to work in maybe downtimes, but in the end, as you said, it's still a lot of work, a lot of hours, but it doesn't seem like work when you're enjoying it so much. It, it, it really doesn't seem like work when you're serving others and involved with people who are positive and helping the world. It doesn't seem like work, but there are a lot of hours behind it and it takes a while to, to, to build that uh, involvement and then people knowing you around, right? Exactly. And I mean, if, if you, if you go after what you want, then, um, like if you do the work because you can bring value or you do the work because you enjoy it, I mean, the rewards will come and it'll seem more authentic. It won't feel like you're working that long. Um, so yeah, it's about going after what you want or really that, that, I think that's the key. I mean, if you told me I had to go you know, dig ditches or something, then, oh, 10 hours would be, it'd be hell. <laughs> but uh, if you told me to do something that I liked, then mm. I could easily 10 hours would go by in a minute and I, I wouldn't feel like it's work. Right. And blogging, isn't blogging exciting as well? Like, I got to tell you, I've been doing it for seven years and I remember, you know, when I got like 10 visits in one day and I went and I showed my wife, and I was like, so happy, like I was thinking, who the heck would have visited my website? 10 visits. Now I got like 30,000 visits, 145 plus countries every month. Yep. And just, just from blogging, just from writing, of course, people aren't looking for me. They're looking for Napoleon Hill. But if you blog, and this is what I tell coaching clients, if you blog about what's going on in your community, people are going to find you. And in the village, uh, the village guru, you there's a lot of things going on that you said. As you said, you've been involved, take pictures, uh, help where you can, and so Blogging is fun, isn't it? Isn't it a? I find it cool that I could write a blog post once, and then like six months from now, I'll look at visited pages and be like, "Oh wow, like that got 134 pages and there of views this month, and I wrote it like five months ago." And it's like, "Wow, so cool." So talk, yeah, blogging because not everybody does it. They they think it might be onerous, but if you just get involved with your community, even if you just have kids in school they're doing the cool things you could blog about as well couldn't it yeah um well i i guess i could say uh number one it, it's just writing in general so blogging is just a platform where if you're writing you you are able to publish it to the world so a lot of people if they're not familiar with it or they're not comfortable with it they think blogging is something think about it as a journal you can start out there but instead you're allowing people to read what you're writing um, there's a number of benefits to it. So number one, yes, you know what, if, if, if you strategically do it, you can use it as a source to generate business and to market yourself. So by blogging, I know that if you want to talk about my competitors, I don't know any of them that do it. So, which is fine, but if someone's actually searching for something, they're going to find probably have a better chance of finding me. So, and, and the cool thing is, um, we all look the same if someone doesn't know our story, right? So again, there's 46,000 other people just like me. We all look the same until you start reading my story. So the, my biggest challenge in, in terms of a marketing standpoint is um, I don't want you to look at me as a real estate agent because if you just look at me as a real estate person, then I'm the same as everybody else out there. But if you start reading my content, maybe watching my videos, you start to see that, I, you know, I'm a real human being and I like this and I like that and I have this worldview. And I, I truly believe that's where we make connections. So it does help me with my business. 
Um, the other point of blogging or writing that I think is so critical is if you do it on a daily basis, number one, you won't be that good in the beginning. It's hard. However, mm-hmm. with practice, your mind's like a muscle. Uh, you start to get better. Ideas start to flow to you a lot easier. Uh, things that you'll start noticing things that you never would have noticed before, and it opens up other opportunities. And I just think exercising your mind is it, it gives you benefits that you can't even quantify by writing. Exactly, exactly. And it'll open up, as you said, open up your mind to other things. For instance, as you know, I read a lot of books. Speed reader, and when I interview people, they send me their books. So I read a lot of books. So I figure hey, if I'm reading this book and I want to learn something, highlighting things in the book. And, uh, you know, I like the book. Why don't I blog about it? Why don't I take all the things I or a lot of the things I underlined and put them in a blog and put the page on Amazon where you can buy the book and a description of the book? And now if I want to restudy the book, I can also open the book, but I can open my blog page. But then if someone else is like, hey, I was thinking of that book. Let me look it up. Oh, look at this. Tom wrote a, a little commentary on the book. Oh, look at the things he underlined about it. And so something I would have done anyway, like reading a book, now I want to share with people what I thought and the good points of it, becomes a blog post. And so, as you said, when you start writing, then you're like, hey, I could write about this, or I could write about that. Or, and it opens up your mind to other things, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, totally. In fact, uh, that was one of my ideas, because I, I started writing a, a new newsletter. Um, and in my industry, the majority of people, they send out canned newsletters. But because I do a lot of blogging, I decided... I'm going to write it all from scratch. So it's going to be a story about what I do. It's not necessarily going to be pitchy, but it's going to, I'm trying to draw people into the, to the story. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do was start uh, reviewing, uh, reviewing, uh, sorry, reviewing books and things like that. So that, that's on my list too, because I I like to read books and uh, um, yeah. And sharing it with other people and then other, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, people will recommend books. And again, it's just a way to, you're getting different points of view and um, yeah, it's just keeping away from the boob tube as I call it. Cause there's not a lot right. of good on TV. <laughs> so. and, it, and it is a way of letting people uh, who uh, could be your prospects and friends, people that work with you, like, it, you know, at Rotary, what do we do? Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Hey, hey, had a great week, whatever. But if we're reading like, oh, gosh, I didn't know Jeff had, like, dog or, or I didn't know Jeff read Think and Grow Rich or I didn't know this, it builds a bond between people that cordially know each other that wouldn't be able to be found, uh, you know, when you just meet someone, like, say, even at church. Like, hey, how you doing? Oh, great, but really... You really don't know. And then, like, this is why I love social media and blogging, because you can look on Facebook, like, oh, they got dogs. Oh, look, wow, they're moving. Oh, look at this. And so this is where blogging really helps people to know that, okay, if I am going to get an agent anyway, why not get a guy that's, like, a good guy, has kids like me, he's devoted to this village, he's working his butt off to help people. And that's where people get to know a personality. Because, as you said, like, otherwise... You have different faces and bodies, but there's a lot of real estate agents that I see advertised. But if I get to know who the person is, it'd be like, I would feel bad not doing business with you if I lived in the village, right? That's how you want it almost to be, where you're like of so much service that people be like, well, we got to go with Jeff. Like, he's so valuable to 
our community or our kids or whatever. And that's what blogging allows you to do, eh? Yeah. Look at me, well, Look at me eh? Canadian, eh? Exactly. Uh, I think it's just opening up. I mean, we try, everybody tries to come up with a formula, Tom, or they try and, you know, okay, this is what you need to do to be successful. And if you do A, B, and C, then you're going to get D. And it's not necessarily that way. Now, I'm not saying if you don't take certain steps that success will follow. But what I mean is we're not robots. And human beings will always do business with people that they have an affinity with. Um, we, we're attracted to people that share our worldviews, that, that share the th- things in common. And let's face it, uh, if everybody acted on logic, then this would be a pretty boring place. And <laughs> right. it's true, though, right? Like, I mean, the, the saying right. is a lot of people think in my field, for instance, they like to talk about real estate statistics all the time. And I stopped. And people are like, well, why don't you tell us about what the market? I'm like, if someone really wants to know that, there's a million people out there that'll tell them. There's a newspaper. Um, at the end of the day, we we make decisions based on emotions, and then we may use logic to back that up after, just to affirm right. our decision. But we we really are um, emotional uh, beings. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of this book, Tom, but it's called How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams, the guy who writes the Dilbert comics. No, I'm going to read you got to read this book, okay? It's it, it's it, it's a bit of law of attraction, and 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 so you you would definitely like it, but it's a really funny book, and uh, basically he calls us mushy computers, and <laughs> so pretty much he's looking at ways to hack and and and, and kind of changes worldview and and he tells stories about through his life and how he would just do it, it's just a really cool book but it just when i was thinking of talking about it he describes it perfect we're mushy computers and uh so we do have habits and things that we we keep doing but at the same time you can't just break it down to numbers and uh, there, there's got to be a connection there Right, there has to be a connection. And people do business with people they like, and uh, especially my wife and I, we uh, like we have a jewelry store that we because we like the people. We go there, we buy jewelry, we like jewelry. But we could go anywhere. We could probably get at cheaper prices. There's places, way bigger places. This is a small place, but when you have a connection, when you like a person. Like, you don't even think, you know, my wife never even think like, oh, well, we could go to a bigger place with a better selection. But like, okay, I mean, let's go get this for an anniversary or Christmas, Christmas or birthday. And you just deal with people that you enjoy dealing with. And so this is a, a, a lifestyle-based business, how you build a lifestyle-based business. You've just chosen the real estate business uh, to do it. Uh how about uh, name a couple other great books you've read recently or that you uh, highly recommend? Okay, so uh, I read, just finished actually last night, uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Uh, it's more of a business book, talks about, a, it's a lecture that he did, um, talking about, um, you know, how startups succeed. And uh, if you're into looking at the way uh I guess the the economy works now in the new age. Uh, it's a really good book. It, again, it's a it's a big level picture. It'd be like if you were sitting in Stanford at a lecture, but uh, it's it's nice to uh, it was a nice book just to go over the different um, 
monopolies versus capitalism and it's just a good book i i, I like that that kind of stuff so that was one i just read just trying to think what else i've uh, read in the last little while that was really good i i would say how, how to fail in how to fail at almost everything and still win big was a good one um you know what? I've read Napoleon Hill about three times now. Thinking, grow rich. <laughs> so every once in a while, I like while, the previous I'll... one you mentioned. The previous one you mentioned, how to fail at anything and still succeed. Like, no, send me Tom, that one. You got to read it. You'll you'll, I... you'll bust your gut. Um, there was another one. It's. Uh, I'm just trying to think of the uh, name. Uh, how to. Uh, you know what? It's going to come to me, Tom. I I can think of the cover, and uh, I'm going to just. I'll put it in my computer here. I just can't right. think of the well, word because I read it about a month ago. We, before we air this show, send it to me and I'll put it on the uh, oh. blog that I'm going to create. The subtle art of not giving a F. Oh, right. I'm not going to say the word. It's right. hilarious. It's, it. it's, yes, that's a good book. It's a, it's a really funny book. And uh, it's a really good book. I highly recommend that one if you want some light reading. But it really has some some cool messages that uh, you can take back in your own life. Because really, <laughs> life's too short, right? To give a, everybody wants right. you to care about something that's not in your interest. Like, that's how things are sold. We're made to feel bad in order to create a wedge and then I need to buy that car or I need to, you know, right. go on that vacation to feel good. Now, I'm not saying don't buy the car or don't do that. But if you think that physical things are going to give you you know, replace that. No, it always starts inside. So yeah, the subtle art of not giving a F it's a really right. funny book. I think yeah, I, 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 I really wanted to, I really wanted to buy it, but the title had me nervous. So I was like, no, oh, no, okay, it's a no. good book. It's a good book. Okay. And it is uh Hey, I'm 53 years old. So now I'm at an age where, you know, I know I don't have to please everybody. I know what I like. And so it, it can be nice when you get to that stage where you don't, uh, <laughs> give a care so much as when you're younger and have to please the world. So the village guru, look at me, I'm silly. I said the name so many times, but I often That's get okay. to the end of the show before saying the website, but thevillageguru.com, thevillageguru.com. Especially if you live in the Mississauga area, uh, Jeff O'Leary, well, you just look him up, Jeff O'Leary, the village guru, just look at that because there's probably other Jeff O'Leary's online. We don't want some rascal stealing the business. So the village guru, uh, Jeff uh, really is a, uh, you could probably even consult with him for coaching on even other than the real estate business. Because if you want to build a lifestyle-based business and you want to do it with community involvement and blogging, which is what I coach people on that approach me as well, Go see thevillageguru.com. Talk to Jeff about how he started it uh, because what he's learned, even in the real estate business, can help you no matter you know what business you're in if you're self-employed. So thevillageguru.com, especially if you live in Mississauga. Thank you so much uh, for your time today, Jeff. You've built a business that uh, so many people, especially in the real estate business, want to build, uh, think of building before they get in, but not are not always able to and you've been able to do that over a period of time and now look at you you're sharing it with other people so they can do the same thing so the villageguru.com thanks so much jeff have yourself an amazing day thank you tom you too thank you for listening to this episode of journey to success radio if you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show email tom at tom for details 